as a program, I think, you know, I, I talked about it when I got here. I want, I want a team that can compete for championships on a consistent basis. You know, and to do that, you're going to have to go, you're going to, to compete for championships, you're going to have to beat Alabama. As, as everybody said last year, what's the margin? Last year it was six points, this year it was two, you know, and hopefully we get one more shot at it. Uh, they've got like 105 star football players on their defense. They have a defensive lineman that weighs 340 pounds and, and runs better than everybody on this call. Five star recruits everywhere and they play really physical. Damn. I think Memphis played more mature than we did. I think that, uh, which I don't even know exactly what that means, but they're more advanced than we were. And then um, sometimes morale doesn't need to be boosted. Now you need to boost something, but it's not always morale that needs to be boosted. And between now and tomorrow, I'm gonna figure out what it is that needs to be boosted. And whether I'm right or not, we're gonna boost something. Well, you know, like I told him, I mean, don't, you know, we're not satisfied by any stretch, but you can't ever apologize for a win. You know. you know, we don't have to have the best players. We just have to have the best team. Our kids have bought into that. Listen, potential doesn't, potential is the worst thing you can have. Because that means you ain't done it. I hate the word potential. Somebody says you got a potential to have a good team. That drives me nuts. That, mean, that means I'm not coaching right and they're not playing right. Oh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I'm doing good. If you're watching on YouTube, you can probably tell we actually have lighting, so... Hey, we're, we're making step-by-step progress here, brother, making this thing better and better. But uh, beyond that, I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Just think just think how far along we're going to get in three years, Mike. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, so just uh, hang in there with I'm us, d- man. I know I've been I've been posting some videos. Looks like I'm in a, in a dank dungeon or something out there. So I had to <laughs> upgrade the lights once I kind of realized that. But uh, we'll get there, like you're saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, Mike, I'll tell you. This is uh, we're going into uh, what Wednesday here, and uh, this is usually about how long it takes me to get over a loss. I ain't gonna lie, Mike. I don't know if you're the same, but I, I, I know you deal more with the online stuff, and and but as a as a diehard Tennessee ball fan or a, just a diehard college football fan, uh, it, it's sometimes it's tough, man. If you if you had a, a loss. You know, you want to get on social media, but then you see these damn clips talking about Dan Mullen had the B team out there, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. It's just like, come on now. Then you log back off for another day. But I'm finally back on, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I did uh, appreciate all the fact uh, we had so many listeners tagging you on a post that uh, I put out there. Like, Cousin Shane does not want to get drug into any of the drama that I create online. But I, I certainly know I appreciate it. So, uh, yeah. yeah, good. Thanks for that. And hey, you may have missed it, Shane. We mentioned it on the last show. I'm going to keep referencing this at the top uh, just so that everybody's aware. On Friday, the podcast is changing to a new podcasting host. And mm-hmm. from what they're telling me, this should mean absolutely nothing for any of the listeners. Nothing should be changing on your end. But I'm just giving everybody a heads up. If the show does not show up on your feed on Friday, you know, reach out to us. I think the best way to do it is unsubscribe to the podcast and then resubscribe immediately. It, it, mm-hmm. What that does is refreshes your feed, essentially. So uh, we're hoping that nobody has to do that. But if the show doesn't show up, 
that's probably your issue. And again, that's starting on Friday. So, so just something to be aware of. Mm. Hey, growing, baby. That's what we're doing. <laughs> but all right, Shane, I had to have you on. Could have uh, d- talked about this game on the last episode, but like you said, you're over the last one, so it's on <laughs> to the next one. Let's uh, before you ready to go around the league, brother? L- let's do it. Now let's go around the league. Um, what 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 is twelve personnel? You know, I I, I got to get up two tight ends and two wide receivers or one. I'm just kidding. I don't know what 12 personnel is. So. I worry about playing Alabama. I can't figure out whether or not the Big Ten and Back 12 are going to yo-yo around and play football with us or not. I mean, they're playing great. Love it. Love the game. Awesome game. It's unbelievable for our country. Uh, it's, it's great for our universities. It's great for our towns when we play. It's great for our young men. Uh, you know, it, I think it's personally think it's the greatest game in the world. So if they elect to play, great. They don't, yeah, you know, that's 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 on them. I, I got enough crap to worry about with preparing for Alabama and figuring stuff out at Mizzou. So. The team is in great spirits. I know there was a lot of doom and gloom. I saw and heard a lot about how uh, the, the hopes of our season hinged on the results of an MRI. And frankly, or frankly, that's bull crap. Uh, we've got a hell of a football team. And whether one guy's in or out, we got 117 other guys that are ready to step up no matter who's out. We got Kevin. All right, I'm not a big opening statement guy, and plus you guys are going to ask whatever you want to know anyway. So let's just go ahead and get started. Is there any questions? Young man from Destrehan, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Uh, great young man. All right, so obviously I teased it right there. Tennessee going on the road to face a Missouri team that, hey, they're going through a lot of the same issues, Shane. Just lost a tough game on the road, a game that could have been won. Uh, just unfortunate, the, the interception in overtime, and now there's people questioning this defense, Steve Wilk. So, you know, there's a lot on the line for both of these teams. And considering Tennessee lost a game, Similarly, against Pitt, one that a lot of fans thought they were going to win. I, you know, I think there's some added level of importance to this Missouri-Tennessee matchup because, hey, I don't, I'm not trying to say you can't go to a bowl game if you lose this one, but, man, you're putting yourself on thin, thin ice if you're the Tennessee Vols or the Missouri Tigers and you drop this game on Saturday. Has that entered your mind at all, Shane? <laughs> Mike, I've been talk- I've been thinking about this game all off season. <laughs> right. It's because I I knew I well I'm going to tell you right now I thought maybe we'd get pit. I ain't, ain't going to lie we, that I was convinced we would beat them, and I thought we were going to have to sneak a couple uh, at least one SEC victory here, uh, other than Vanderbilt. And so naturally you look at South Carolina, but then when you drop a game like Pitt, then you got to pick the next victim or, or potential victim. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you're calibrating uh, throughout the season here. So, yeah, the, the the way Mizzou's been playing, the way we've been playing, this could be a hell of a game, Mike. Uh, and, it's, and it's a must-win game, like you said. They're, and it's going to be an exciting game. 
I, 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 you know, you may not be a fan of Tennessee or Mizzou, but if you're a fan of offense, there's going to be plenty of it come Saturday. Yeah. And the, What's the? Do you have the over on this game? Uh, I'm not sitting here looking at it. No, but um, shit. Oh, 65. You got it before I did. All right, so 65 points. That sounds about <laughs> right, doesn't it? With two struggling defenses, two offenses that can light up the scoreboard, and of course, there's uh, mm-hmm. there's the Josh Heupel connection. He used to be at Missouri when Drew Locke was, uh, had his outstanding season there for the Tigers. So, you know, and here's the thing, Shane. I don't know how much of a factor this will truly play, but Hendon Hooker, of course, couldn't finish a game against the Florida Gators. He looked, you know, fairly solid, I thought. Again, that's been my guy the whole time. We don't know whether it's going to be Joe mm-hmm. Milton. We don't know if it's going to be Hendon Hooker. But I'm honestly not too sure that makes a difference, Shane, because – you know, while everybody likes to hype up Josh Heupel in this passing attack, they are just as effective on the ground historically in his offense. And I certainly think that's the case here at Tennessee. The, the running game has been more effective than the passing game after these uh, first four games, I think. And that is the weakness, obviously, of the Missouri defense. So what, yeah. what are your thoughts on that, Shane? Does it matter to you? I mean, obviously, you want your best quarterback in a game of this importance, but uh, I think it's going to be more important that Tennessee is able to to run the ball on Missouri. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you, you look at what Mizzou's been able to do through, what, four games, mm-hmm. and, yeah, they've struggled against the rush. But, I mean, Mike, that's, that's not Tennessee's bread and butter. The Tennessee's bread and butter is stretching this field, getting vertical to create those running. It's like – that old school mentality of you run first to to open up the play action pass, it's like we're the opposite. <laughs> we need to pass to open up those running lanes mm-hmm. because that's going to keep people out of the box. So, yeah, I think it, it wouldn't surprise me if this game doesn't come down to to the rushing, but it all starts with the passing. And the the one concern I have, especially as a Tennessee fan, is the efficiency because that's one thing we've struggled. We've not been able to get vertical. You, I mean, you, there's a handful of plays that were, that were productive past 20, 30 yards, and one of them was a screen. So, mm-hmm. you really that, – that's my biggest deal is if we it, – it's, it's one thing to throw it deep, but if it's not a true th- threat, then they're going to be able to load that box up and, uh, you know, and, keep, and snuff out that running game. So, I don't know. I, a lot of a lot of factors here. These are two different types of teams, and uh, but like I said, it is it, it's going to come down. I think to I think it's going to come down to last possession, Mike. That's the that's kind of the vibe I'm going to pick up from this game. Mm-hmm. Well, let's kick it over to uh, Josh Heupel, Shane, who kind of previewed the matchup here, and then you know he didn't give us much. So uh, there was a really good comment here on Tuesday from Tennessee running back Tyon Evans. So I throw that on at the end, give it put a little. Uh, fire to this game. Multiple guys that uh, had injuries or, or got nicked up during the course of the ball game the other night. Don't know where those guys are at. Uh, Hendon at quarterback. I'm not sure if he'll be available or not. So we'll see how that transpires here during the course of the week and and uh, and go from there. So. Josh, can you say whether or not Hendon suffered a concussion or if he's in concussion protocol? He is not in concussion protocol currently. So, and Coach, with the quarterback situation, how healthy is Joe? Where is he at in his rehab? And does that make, with those two guys sort of banged up, does that make this a big week for Harris? Yeah, Joe was in a situation where he could play. Um, wasn't at a full 100%. Um, you know, during the week we got him some work. Uh, not the same type of numbers that he would have gotten uh, if he was 100%. And, and uh, 
Um, so I anticipate just through him playing the other night, didn't re-injure or aggravate anything, continue to think that he'll get, he'll get healthier as this week goes on. Yeah, looking ahead at Missouri, a dynamic quarterback, good running back that can also catch the ball out of the backfield. Yeah. What have you seen in them on tape? Yeah, uh, for them offensively, everything kind of goes through that, that running back, uh, whether it's the run game or him being heavily involved in, in, in the pass game. The guy's been dynamic, um, you know, near the top in, in country and, and just, you know, total yards and, and uh, productivity. Uh, really good football player, does a great job, wants the ball in his hands of being electric, making guys miss. Josh, I guess when Cooper May started to get dinged up, maybe his, his level of play wasn't quite the same as it was earlier in the game. Uh, but what did it, did it mean to have him back? And, and in terms of just, just sort of what you learned about him, I mean, the guy's out there, he's got a mashed up hand, his, his legs bothered him, and he's still playing. What's that tell you about a guy? Tough, competitive, cares, uh, cares about you know playing at a really high level, cares about um, the power T, cares about his teammates, wants to be in there. Uh, he's, an, he's a warrior. Um, you know, as the game went on, uh, you watch the film, you can tell that uh, things started to bother him more as, as the game wore on. Um, he didn't want to come out. Uh, he, he competed extremely hard. What have you learned, if anything, about Missouri so far, their defense? Uh, I don't really want to get into it. I, I feel like we're going to have some fun, most definitely. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. We're going to have fun. We're going to open up this offense and and show what we really can do, you know what I'm saying? We, we just cleaned up our first SEC game, and we hoping to come out this week and just evaluate everything, do our job, and just come back home with the dub. All right, Chase, so it was last week. Drinkowitz maybe with uh, some ammunition for Boston College. Mm. Now it's Tennessee potentially providing that ammunition for that Missouri defense. Got to love the confidence, but uh, hey, even uh, Tyon had to stop himself here. He knew he, knew he didn't want to give too much away, huh? Yeah, man, but I'm telling you, Florida game was a loss, but it was also a, I think, a booster to to some of these young players. I, th I think it was a confidence booster that they can play with some of the best teams in the SEC. Now, uh, again, I don't I, – I, I, you got to be careful. You don't want to – you know, it's that old saying. You remember – I remember a few years back when we, we called uh, Alabama the red team. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just something stupid. We didn't want to – we didn't want to think of Alabama as Alabama. We wanted to think of them as just a team in a red jersey, which is which is stupid. I mean, <laughs> obviously you're playing University of Alabama. That was obvious when they kicked their ass, but <laughs> but it was ammunition that saving you. So that's the only thing about these young guys. You, it's we love it. We love it as media media personalities. We love when these players come out and they get fired up. And in all honesty, as a fan, you love it too because it's your boy, man. Mm -hmm. He's coming out and he's getting you pumped up for the game. But as an opposing player, when you think about it, you don't want to give them ammunition <laughs> and make this game more important than you really want it to be. Well, and speaking of that, Shane, let's kick it over to the other side. Let's go to Columbia. Where, you know, already starting to hear some angst among the fans. Did we make the wrong decision here, hiring Steve Wilkes? It's an entirely mm. new system. Uh, you know, every time I hear the guy speak, I'm very impressed by him. He's got the lengthy track record at the NFL. But there have been many a coaches. And I'm, I'm, sitting, I'm not trying to, you know, say he's going to be a total disaster here. But there's been many NFL coaches that struggle to translate to the college football game. And... This could certainly be a nightmare matchup because no one at the NFL is going at the warp speed of Josh Heupel's offense. 
And I don't know, Shane, I'm, I'm struggling here and I'm hearing a lot of, I don't want to say doom and gloom, but we got Drinkowitz here. We'll get to his comments in a moment, but he's, you know, talking about the plan and how we got to stick to the plan and, and you know, that, uh, you know, there's a lot left to play for and it's all part of a process. And it, it just sounds like a coach that knows that, uh, you know, things are, are trending in the wrong direction uh, particularly on that defensive side of the ball, because if the defense was playing as well as the offense, Missouri would be one hell of a team right now. You know what? Yeah. Oh, dude, that's it. If the defense would I, – I, honestly, it's the third downs that, that drive me nuts with Mizzou, especially last week. They they just weren't able to get off the field. They'll, this is a good defense at times. They make negative plays, but – Sometimes it just felt like they just left the door open, you know, just left it cracked a little bit for that offense to get some yards. I mean, they made they made that damn quarterback up there in Boston College look like damn Patrick Mahomes out there at times, <laughs> just running around. The, you know, he's not that good, but they just they just kept dropping the ball. So that's one of those things that I, I don't think they're that far off. I just think that they're. They're just making mistakes. It's one or two players, and it's not the same players every time. But you know, one mistake. If one player makes one mistake, then now you got you're moving the chains. So I, I think that's what it is. It's just these guys aren't playing. Um, they're just not playing good, clean football right now. Yeah, and this is such a pivotal stretch. You know, you don't want to look too far ahead. But I mean, the following week you got North Texas. Then you got Texas A&M at home. I know that's a great team, but at least you're getting them at home. And then your very next game is at Vanderbilt. So you got to feel like Missouri is looking at this window on their schedule to say, we can grab a couple wins right here. This could propel us towards the the tail end of the season when we got a a Georgia, a Florida, and Mm -hmm. Arkansas. You know, those are the most challenging games on your schedule. If you're sitting here and and trying to figure things out and struggling against a Tennessee, good luck, brother, against those other teams. You know what I mean? So uh, I I think this is going to be just a fantastic game. And really, there's going to be a lot on the line because, you know, like I said, I think the loser of this game is probably not going to go to a bowl game unless they find a way to upset some teams in the back end of of the schedule. Yeah, I, and I'm I'm just speaking. Now listen, I'm I'm in a small group of Tennessee buddies. All right, I'm I'm in a couple of these group text messages, and, and they're all singing the same thing that that most fans are here in East Tennessee is that we've got to have this game. We drop this game, we don't go to bowl. Now let me ask you, uh, looking at Mizzou's schedule, what what do they got look uh, uh, looking up ahead? So next week, North Texas at home. You you got to figure that's an easy okay. win. Then you got There's three. Texas A&M at home. That's that's a toss-up. Mm-hmm. Then you got a bye week. Then you're at Vanderbilt. That should be an easy win. Yeah. But then it at Georgia, that's probably a loss. South Carolina at home, that's certainly one you can win. Yeah. Florida at home, they look great. And then at Arkansas. I'm just saying, I think the path, to get to a bowl game is still easier for Mizzou. Mm-hmm. I, I really do, Mike. I, I don't know how you feel about that schedule, but uh, there's a couple of little toss-up games that I can see Mizzou giving a fight on, on that I can't see looking at Tennessee's schedule. So that's that's my only concern. So I don't want to say if Mizzou loses this game that they completely close the door, but it 
I mean, you're talking about some flawless football games coming up ahead and that they would have to have to get into a bowl. You want to get into a bowl game, Mike, because you get those extra practices. It's just it's just good for momentum mm-hmm. moving in. And, and that's the last thing you want is is to miss that opportunity. And um, to, the best way, man, is winning Saturday. So I think – what is this game? Three-point spread? I mean, this is going to be – it's going to come down to the wire, Mike. Yeah, and if it comes down to a kick, we all know – Missouri's got that one hell of a, a great kicker. The they call him the thicker up there because he's so thick. But uh, Mavis, man, I mean, <laughs> he'll he'll nail it with the with the game on the line. You know what? Yeah, man. I hope, well, I hope not. I mean, let's <laughs> t- <laughs> you know how different is what Josh does offensively from what maybe anything else you've seen so far this season? I think it's totally different from anything we've seen this season. Um, you know, they really do a nice job of attacking grass and space. They run the football. Um, I think the misnomers that they just throw it all around the park, they really run it a lot. I think uh, Hendon Hooker is a really dynamic quarterback. Um, obviously, he's got experience at both Virginia Tech, so he's played a lot of football, and now he kind of fits that system. I remember Hendon really well recruiting when I was at NC State. Uh, he was at Dudley. Uh, and does a really nice job. Won you know won the state championship uh, when he was in high school and, and was at that game and, and so uh, you know very impressed with him and what they're doing defensively. I mean they really got two other really good quarterbacks too. I mean uh, the, the young man Mixon comes in. I think he does a nice job. Started the season, been bang, banged up. You watch the spring game. Um, uh, 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 Harrison does a, I mean, he throws a great deep ball and is a tremendously talented five-star player. So they're really deep at that position and, and uh, have a lot of options there. You know, those short-term and long-term fixes yeah. for the program, do you, you know, take one of those, okay, we've got to do this in the off-season, or is this just something we can fix right now, or is that more on a case-by-case basis with how to improve the program? It's all the above. Yeah, it's all the above. I mean, there's no, there's no instant oatmeal for a football program, you know, um, and so there's some things that we can fix right now. There's approaches that we can fix, uh, whether it's not getting penalties on certain situations, whether it's calling better plays, whether it's making sure everybody's on the same page, um, whether or not we're getting the buy-in that we need to from everybody within the organization. You know, those are things that you can approach right now. Overall, increasing your team speed overall increasing your size in the lines of scrimmage, overall increasing your uh, physicality at, at certain positions, like I, I just can't fix those. You know, those are things over the long term where you see people that are built for success, they have these things and we're trying to get to those things. Um, so, you know, how do we how do we find those solutions long term? Those, there's no waiver, well, there's, a, there's no waiver wire right now. You know, there's other stuff, but there's no waiver wire. So, like, we got what we got. We got to make it fit to what we need. Um, and then, but you got to also look and say, okay, in two years, what do we want this team to be built like? And are we recruiting that? Are we working in the off season to get that? Are we working right now to get that? And I think that's the approach that we're continuing to, to you know, take every day. We want to be 1-0 this week, and whatever it takes to win this week, we will do. But at the same time, we want to make sure that we set a standard of, okay, this is what we have to be in order to be successful long term. You said that uh, nobody's, you know, you're not hitting the panic button on the, the defensive scheme. Is it, is it difficult to resist the arch to change things up a little bit at times? 
Um, no, not really. I mean, if you believe in what you're doing, then you believe in what you're doing. Um, and you know, if if um, if you have belief in in your players and belief in your coaches and a belief system that says they're doing what they can do, and then you keep going at it. You know, you keep working. Um, so I believe in our staff. I believe in our players. I believe in our defense. Um, and I believe we're going to get this thing moving in the right direction. I, I believe that I've got to continue to help them. I've got to put them in better situations. I've got to do my part as the head football coach. Um, so I think it's more of a belief system that, that uh, everybody's got to internalize on what they can do to help help make it more successful. But it's not panic or scratch. There's, there's a lot of football left, a lot of football left. And uh, our best football is ahead of us. All right, Shane, other matchup in the SEC East. A lot of implications for this one. Florida Gators coming to Kentucky. The Wildcats are so fired up for this one. It's officially a sellout. It's going to be rocking up there in Lexington. It's a night game. That's going to help Kentucky, you got to think. And I know Florida, obviously the more dominant team historically, but uh, the, these last couple games have been very, very tight. Kentucky, of course, won in 2018 in Gainesville. Uh, but to Florida, it was a touchdown game in 2019, and Florida won last year. So uh, certainly Florida still got the edge in over Kentucky here in recent seasons. But this feels like a new Kentucky, Shane, where yeah. they're feeling good. Hell, they're turning the ball over left and right and still winning football games. That <laughs> is going to be key to this one, fixing Chris Rodriguez. And we're going strength on strength pretty much because we got two of the most dominant rushing teams not only in the SEC but in the country meeting in Lexington and we're going to find out which of these teams is more tough physically because that certainly seems to be uh, the, the kind of the mindset that Florida's got this year and, and we all know that's what they've had under Mark Stoops uh, basically his entire time there and then a little conspiracy I don't really consider it but conspiracy shade uh-oh these Wildcats are getting uh, some reinforcements this week because R.J. Adams, uh, Jaton McLean, Andrew Phillips, Ernest Sanders, Vito Tisdale, and Joe Williams have all been – those are all the guys that got uh, charges filed. All charges dropped. They're available for the Kentucky Wildcats. How convenient for the Florida game that uh, for this key stretch here. But, uh, man, this that's just kind of adding to, uh, you know, the, the, what, the anticipation for this with? one. Uh, what were they charged I, I think with? it was uh, some kind of like there was a house party and uh, the allegation was, I guess they like weren't invited, but they came in anyway. And then they started a fight. But uh, it, let's throw up this tweet from RJ Adams. I'll read it. If you're just listening on the pod. Yeah. I'm glad the truth has finally come out as my fabricated charges have been dropped. Thankful for my family and friends who have supported me up to this point. Excited to get back on the field. So they say this never even happened. There's nothing to it. So, uh, you know, oh, I heard, I heard it was burglary. That's, that's what I thought. So, well, yeah, I think that, see that, I guess breaking into someone's place and, and residence and, and oh, taking stuff, but I, taking stuff, but I, oh. but obviously I wasn't there, so I don't know, no charges for any of them. So, uh, it kind of leads you to believe, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know what the hell happened, but they're, Hey, they're good to go. That's all that matters, I, uh, on the field for the, for Kentucky this week. But, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on this matchup? The importance of it, Shane, because, you know, we just talked about Tennessee and Missouri and how those teams are 
you know, hoping to get to a bowl game. That was Kentucky for years and years. How do we get a path to a bowl game? Certainly that that's still celebrated in Lexington when you make a bowl game, but they got greater aspirations, brother. They're, and I, I know people laugh at this, but, hell, they're trying to get to Atlanta. And you have no shot to go to Atlanta if you cannot beat the Florida Gators and the Georgia Bulldogs, particularly mm-hmm. when you get them at home, when you get them in a night game. This seems like a prove-it game to me for the Kentucky Wildcats. A lot on the line for uh, Mark Stoops and company. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I saw those boys got clear, and I said, look at Coach Stoops trying to steal a victory. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it, Mike. A little controversy coming in this one. You know, one thing I always think about this game, uh, and last year was a one-off, but you think, like you said, this this was a time – a lot of people forget that Kentucky went to the swamp and won. They forget that the two years uh, in between there, there were tight ball games, sometimes close to a, a possession. So, I mean, this this was – I think back in the day, if, if you remember, this game was typically played earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. And I think that was an advantage for Kentucky. It just felt like they were already hitting on all cylinders and Florida was trying to find their identity. Hell, they found a quarterback – uh, the last time that they had a real tight battle here with Kyle Trask. But that being said, Mike, I, I think playing a little bit later has helped Kentucky in reverse. I, I think, you know, they came out sloppy. Now, they, their offense looked good. There was humming. But they, they took a step back with UTC. It, it felt like last week they, they still struggled a little bit, but there was some improvement. I think – I think – this was more beneficial for Kentucky playing later in the season. So, I'm with you. If you love running the ball, if you love a rushing offense attack, if you if you want to go to a quick game, <laughs> because I, I would imagine this is going to be the shortest game played Saturday <laughs> because all the running and the and the chains moving. But that's what you're going to get, and you're going to get a battle in the trenches because both these teams think that they can run on each other, and they may. Who knows? But I think if that's the case, it's going to come down to defense. It's going to come down to who makes the big plays, who forces the punts. I think that's it, it, that's what's going to happen here. I hope to God for both teams that it doesn't come to a shootout. We don't want Will trying to win this game. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, we don't want – if you're a Florida fan, you don't want this to become an air attack that you've not really had to use. You know what I'm saying? So, um, AR-15, keep an eye on him. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't get a little more playing time. Uh, if it is true they rested a lot of players last <laughs> week, look for the Florida Gators to come out fresh because Kentucky has had some tough ball games here the last couple of weeks. So, those are a couple of things I'm looking at. It's like fatigue, competitive depth, that sort of stuff. So, from that standpoint, you kind of like Florida's odds. But, like I said, if this gets to a ground and pound and who who's the biggest, baddest line, you know, I mean, who knows, man? Don't be surprised if, if Kentucky doesn't make this a ball game. Yeah, and I love that last point you made about the matchup because this is going to be a man's game, Shane. Uh, yeah. This is not going to be, uh, you know, any kind of fancy tricks. Now, they're, they're, of, of course, with Dan Mullen and Liam Cohen, you may get some trick plays and who knows, that may mm-hmm. bust the game wide open. But you're just not going to consistently do much in this football game if, if that's your game plan. This has got to be yeah. tough, 
minded. You have got to just go straight at the defense, the teeth of the defense. They know you're coming. You know they're coming. And Alabama could not stop Florida, which concerns me Mm -hmm. for Kentucky. But on the flip side, hell, why does Missouri got such a poor ranked run defense? Because Kentucky shredded them. Uh, You know, South Carolina, we had a lot of hopes for that defensive line in that matchup, and Kentucky shredded them. So can they do it against the Florida Gators, their toughest challenge to date? That'll be key to this matchup, and we'll find out if uh, Kentucky's legit or not. They keep they keep turning the ball over. Florida's going to work them up there yeah. in Lexington. They play a clean game of football. Maybe uh, maybe they are legit. Maybe they are a true SEC East contender, mm-hmm. and we'll find out Saturday night. Hell yeah. I wish I was 4-0, Mike. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how we got it or who we played. The, the, the end result is what matters. So, this is, it, like you said, it feels like one of those games that they're going to chain the doors behind them when they get on the field. So, I, I'm ready for it. Well, I hope it's something like you can Chris may fumble one time too many, especially at the time we can release the fourth fumble. Well, I mean, of course. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm confident that Chris will get it corrected. You know, uh, any time you let things go uh, to the point where they are right now, the, you know, there's a concern and it needs to be addressed. There's no denying that. Um, I'm not uh, at all at a point where we need to be in a state of panic or anything, but we have to get uh, anything, any habits that we're creating early in the season here, we got to get corrected. What are you telling me? Uh, that play, both of the plays look pretty good, except for the fact that he, you know, kind of yeah, um, I think the, the, the second one in particular, once he cut it inside, the ball was too loose and he could have put two hands on it at that point. You know you're going to get hit by some big physical guys. And um, at that point, you got to cover it up with two hands. The last two games, offense has gotten up to really hot starts. feels like the, the script is there. Uh, how do you extend that? Well, a lot of it is is self-induced in in that we can't do. Um, I think we got a little off track this past week being backed up. It's not an excuse, but, you know, I think one of the possessions we're backed up, we got a couple first downs, created some decent field position, got a punt. Another one when we were backed up, we didn't get a first down. We go three and out, and that, that was a bleed from the minus three. And then – and then I, I think we we had one punt in the second early in the second quarter, and then we kind of got back on track. And then and then uh, the fumbles jump in. You know, we go with a long drive, end up with a field goal, but get it really close to scoring a couple times. Good drives, get another good drive, and then fumble, fumble. I mean that that doesn't help anybody. You know that really hurts. Getting in a routine. The minute you feel like we're starting to maybe hopefully wear them down a little bit and get some good drives going, we get turnover, turnover. And that, you know, that, that, that's going to stall anybody. We're talking about being physical. You brought that up today. You, talk, you brought it up at halftime coming off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about it a lot here. Obviously, uh, I've got to think that's going to be a key this week against Florida. But you, you can't just talk about it. How do you as coaches make it more than just talk? As either, how do you make it a mindset? Well, it's, it's, it's also more than, you know, physicality. I mean, toughness is the desire to prepare, you know, each and every day, every, you know, all through the week. And um, so, you know, there's a lot more that goes into it than just physically. You know, when we have effective runs, a lot of time, of course, they're physical and finishing and playing hard and playing through the whistle and the backs are running hard, but it's also executing and targeting the right guys and doing the right things and being on the same page. And when we do that, we're effective. 
and uh, so I think it comes with a great deal of preparation. And of course, it's a mindset, and uh, it'll be a real challenge because this is, uh, you know, one of the most physical teams in the country. There's no question. I mean, you sit there and look at, uh, you know, them and Alabama going going at it. You know, I mean, you got to have a lot of respect for those two teams, and uh, they played them to an incredible game. And um, you know, you, you you don't do that unless you're very well coached and very good in, in all areas. And flipping over to the other side of this shade, it is kind of hilarious uh, that <laughs> Gators and Dan Mullen came out uh, after the Tennessee game, and you know they were all nice and friendly that whole week, and now they're saying, well, we got all these guys we were able to rest last week. They're good to go for the <laughs> Kentucky Wildcats going up here on the road. Florida has yet to go on the road in the SEC. Things certainly get different on a Saturday night in the SEC. A lot of these uh, advantages you have are obviously not going to be there, uh, particularly when we're talking about a sold-out Kentucky's Kroger Field. It's going to be rocking up there. Now they got LSU next week. They get them at home too, Shane. So mm -hmm. I think fans are looking at this like this could be an epic two-game stretch where we will face two of the premier powers in the SEC historically, and we have the opportunity to finally show everybody that we belong in their class at this point in time. Yet, I don't think it's going to be that easy, Shane, because, uh, you know, just looking back, I know you don't want to get too into that Tennessee-Florida game, but outside of those uh, big plays from the, from Tennessee Vols, I mean, Florida just seems like a machine right now. And I don't know if I agree with you 100% that, that, that this matchup uh, kind of favors Kentucky, given where this thing is on the schedule, because the Florida Gators, remember going into that Alabama game, I don't know how excited those fans were for that game. They thought they were going to get stomped by the Crimson Tide. They they nearly beat mighty Alabama. They turned right around and, for the most part, just you know had their way with the Tennessee Vols. It, it certainly seems to me like Florida is peaking at the right time. But, again, like I said, that could certainly change in a hurry when you go on the road. And uh, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot to like about the Gators in this matchup, particularly I keep harping on going on the road. What better way to do that than with the, an offense that can grind the clock out, take this crowd out of the game, play some tough physical defense now that you're getting all your defenders back. Um, I don't know. I think this one might, it might come together well for the Gators here. Yeah, I mean, that's the beautiful part, Mike. We're going to find out soon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're going to find out how legit these teams are, but – um, I don't know. I just I, I think of those close games that that Florida and Kentucky had in years past. Those were early September games, right? And then last year wasn't. <laughs> it was almost December, and uh, then Florida killed them. So I don't know. I, I usually like the earlier games in favor of Kentucky, but because of this new offense and this, do you know? It just felt like they're still trying to find a little bit of their identity. Um, but, but I think going into week five, we, we kind of have an idea. I think last week was an eye-opener that, hey, we can still run the damn ball. I mean, when you're, when you're averaging over five yards a carry, you know, you can win a lot of ball games, Mike. So I think that's the problem. They wanted to – it felt like Kentucky wanted to show off the offense and the passing and the wide receivers and, look, we got a quarterback that can eat a banana without peeling it. That was the story, <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden it's like, well, that's – that's good, 
But that's not going to win you games in the SEC. You've got to be two-dimensional. You can't just flip-flop. You can't go from running to passing. You to, to cut, What Kentucky lacked in years past was that double option, man, was having the ability to run and pass. Now I, I think they're, they're starting to get that, and that's why I like them later in the year. In fact, it wouldn't be bad if this was a couple more weeks later. I think they would even have a better shot – but I think they're starting to find their identity. And they got a hell of an offensive line, Mike. I'm telling you, there's some kids on that front that could easily start for the Florida Gators. That's what a lot of people, when you hear Kentucky, you don't think about that. But right. Kentucky has been putting players in the NFL draft multiple years now. I mean, it, it is it is an NFL school. Now, they they may not be loaded as Florida top to bottom, but where they are loaded is in the key positions, and that, I think that's what comes down to Saturday, and that's the trenches. Sounds like someone's still hurting from last Saturday. All right, Shane, let's kick it <laughs> on, Dan. Let's jump to the SEC West where, man, this has always been one of my favorite games in the SEC because I'm Auburn Tigers, Shane, traveling to LSU. My honor to present the national championship trophy to coach Ed Ogeron and the LSU Tigers. And much like you just said with Florida and Kentucky, typically this is uh, an early season game, first SEC game for Auburn, only the second SEC game for LSU is going to be under the lights, 9 o'clock Eastern, that's crazy, 8 Central, uh, I believe on ESPN. Uh, of course, Auburn whooped up on uh, LSU last year, 48-11, but LSU won the, game, the three prior and mm-hmm. you probably heard this stat. We've all heard it probably a million times by now. Auburn has not won in Death Valley since 1999, so they'll be trying to break it this weekend. Mm. But you know, I think this is going to be a much different Auburn-LSU game than we're used to seeing because uh, much like the previous game we discussed, this is typically a, a very physical, very defensive-type ball game where – Mm-hmm. I think of Leonard Fournette and Darius Geis. And, of course, Auburn's got them a tank down there, so maybe they can get into that type of ball game. But when you get out-physicaled and out-bad by Georgia State, I don't think of you as, as truly that physical of a team. And certainly you could right. you could say the same about LSU. Hell, I mean, that's supposed to be what uh, Coach O's all about, yet the offensive line is, is not holding their own there uh, with the Tigers. So, this is an interesting matchup, and, and kind of like we talked about on the on the recap show, why that Mississippi State win was so important for LSU. They have got a damn gauntlet here, and it starts Saturday, and I do not know which way to lean on this one because neither one of these teams is playing great. Of course, they, they won. That's all that matters. But, <laughs> you know, I, th- I could certainly see the winner of this game being propelled to, to the top of the SEC West, and I could certainly see the loser – kind of going into a tailspin. So uh, yeah. what are your thoughts on Auburn traveling to LSU? Yeah, I feel if obviously it feels like a get-right game for Auburn. Um, I mean, the, what you want to do is get Georgia State as far away from you as possible. Mm-hmm. You don't want to – you don't want to – have your your uh, your cart hooked to that whack. Or, <laughs> shit, what does that say? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but anyway, maybe cut that part out. <laughs> so what I'm saying – what I'm saying, though, is – you know, we looked at a couple of games coming up this week. Already we looked at Tennessee-Mizzou. It's strength versus strength. You look at Kentucky, it's strength versus strength. And then you get to this game, and it almost feels like it's going to come down to the weakness 
of each other. Mm-hmm. Who here you got an Auburn team that let I don't know how many damn yards to Georgia State that running back. That's probably the most yards he's going to have all season. <laughs> and then you look on the other side of the ball, you got LSU that is struggling to find the running game. So it's it's like which one steps up? Is this the week that LSU finds that rushing attack? Or is this the week that Auburn figures out how to stop the run and forces L- – that's what they that's what they need, Mike. They need to force this into a shootout where Max Johnson's looking for Butte every third pass. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's what's got to happen. But it's got to be a get-right game. And I think you hit the nail on the damn head, Mike. I think whoever loses this game is in trouble. I think Auburn's in trouble of spiraling. I think LSU is in trouble – by trusting the head coach. You know what I'm saying? I think this is one of those games that if Coach O fumbles and, and loses his thing, I, I'm telling you, man, you think the seat's hot now. You wait. You wait till you lose to Auburn Tigers. Yeah, at home for the first time since 1999. So, uh, you know, LSU, though, they've faced some adversity, obviously, early in the season after losing to, to UCLA. So, Coach O talks about that. And, of course, what could be the deciding factor you can't always say the home field is a true advantage, but it sure as hell is in Death Valley in the evening. So let's kick it over to Coach O, who is uh, looking forward to uh, this night game here on Saturday night. When you lost in Pasadena, obviously there's a ton of detractors against the program. Now you've won a three-game winning streak. What did you say to those guys when they got back to Baton Rouge after the UCLA game, and what has the message been constantly since then? Yeah, you know, we got to stick together. Obviously, block out the noise. We can't listen to all that. The only the people that control our own destiny are the people in that room. And we had, we, you know, we had to look at what we had to get fixed. First of all, I had to look at myself. And we had, we had to dig in. Hey, this is what we're doing well. This is what we're not doing well. We have a saying around here, so we attack problems, not people. And let's hey, let's get to the problems and get to the solution and fix it and chip away one one game at a time and take another step and just look at look at the schedule one game at a time and take another step and here's our next step this week we're gonna follow the same approach. T.J. Finley's storyline will be something that a lot of people are gonna latch onto this week. Yeah. But you know we don't really talk about transfers when they leave the program because they're not you know our concern anymore I guess but. This will be different in that he's a guy who was very uh, recently with the team and now yeah. he's very recently going to face the team. Yeah. How is that departure um, and, and just how do you anticipate that, that meeting going? Well, first of all, T.J. left my – came talk to me like a man in my office. He didn't want to leave. He was crying. And uh, LSU meant a lot to him, but I, I knew that. And, uh, but it was a decision that, that was made that, that it was best for him. And uh, – so he left, and look, he, looks, he looks like he's doing well. So, hey, you know, we wish him the best, not obviously against us, but, hey, you know, uh, T.J. is always going to be a part of our family. He's from Pontchartula. He's got a great family. So, hey, after the game, we're going to shake hands. It's just like us playing Cody. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's family, you know, but uh, once we compete, we compete. And uh, we wish him the very best, and I hope he does very well, and we're going to shake his hand after the game. I heard Jacob Hester this morning say that a big chunk of your team has not experienced the peak Tiger Stadium experience in terms of a night game against a big opponent. Yeah. How much are you encouraging your fans to come out and make it Death Valley? Man, we need it. And, you know, the, uh, the, the Tiger Walk, uh, the last uh, home games, gave us a spurt of energy. The student body, uh, when we walk into the stadium, it's full right there. They gave us a spurt of energy. I can just imagine, you know, LSU Auburn Saturday night, eight o'clock. 
You know, I know our fans are going to get up early. I encourage them to get up early, but remember it's a long day, so they have to go to pace, right? And uh, But I love our fans, man, and I just can't wait to see them Saturday night. I know it's going to be full, and I know it's going to be loud. All right, Chad, so, hey, they're leaving it up to the whole fans to, to carry them to victory here on Saturday night in Death Valley. And, of course, we got old T.J. Finley coming back mm. to town. And I was gonna, I, I don't know if you remember that game, Shane, but the worst defeat I think uh, LSU had last season. Do you remember wh- which opponent that was? LSU last year? Of course, they had they had a lot to pick from there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I would say the Mississippi State. I thought that was the biggest one, in my opinion. Yeah, that was embarrassing, but to me, was Auburn. And that was war damn eagle. TJ Finley start for LSU. Now he's on the <laughs> other side. That 48 to 11 smack down there. So it's just interesting how that all plays out. Still, still <laughs> cut giving Coach O's losses, huh? <laughs> man, I love the storyline here, man. So, uh, how much, I mean, what kind of, what, what kind of quarterback controversy we have here, Mike? I, I am curious. Do you think this is a short leash type situation or do, do we see both quarterbacks? Yeah, it's so fascinating. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we do see both quarterbacks. But based on, you know, this morning I've rewatched the uh, Auburn-Georgia State game, and, man, Bo is just, you know, he's missing left and right. And clearly, I mean, it was all sparked by the punt return. But after the punt return, Coach Harson threw in T.J. Finley, and uh, there was a fumble by Tank Bigsby. If not for that fumble, I think they would have scored, I think it was three of the four possessions T.J. Finley was out there. So, you know, credit Mm -hmm. Coach Harson for picking a moment in the ball game where the fans were hyped, the team was hyped. Uh, he basically set T.J. Finley up for success, and we've all seen the play he made, the game-winning touchdown play. But after we've seen that, how do you not go with T.J. Finley unless he's just a train wreck in practice? And that, by you know, I can't imagine that's going to be the case. So, uh, but still, maybe a, why I say Bo Nix, and it's kind of sad that we're at this point. But maybe if you need some kind of like wildcat or you know, a goal line package. Of course, T.J. Finley can run too. We call him Tank for a reason, but yeah. Bo Nix really is a dynamic athlete. So you may be tipping your hand at what you're doing when you when you bring him in there. But <laughs> yeah, I I certainly think you got to go T.J. Finley, and maybe we do see Bo Nix uh, at some point in this football game. But that is, of course, the first question Coach Harson got when he met with the media: <laughs> Who's going to start? He won't get into that. He talked about firing his receivers coach, and this was uh, terrific, Shane. Of course, we all know Harson from Boise State, not very mm-hmm. familiar with uh, coaching in the SEC, still getting used to these rivalries. So he did not know much of the history of uh, the Auburn-LSU series. Coach, going with uh, T.J. Finley uh, at the end of the game there, do you anticipate him getting the start? Are you going to go back to Bo, or has that kind of not been decided yet? That's not been decided yet, and – you know, I know, uh, you know, depth charts come out, uh, you know, depth charts are, uh, it's a little bit old school because so many things change uh, throughout the week and all that. So that stuff for me is, um, you know, doesn't really impact anything that we're going to do this week. What we're going to do this week is, is we're going to get our quarterbacks prepared today and tomorrow morning. So they're ready to go for a Tuesday practice. We're going to go out there and have a Tuesday practice. Um, I said at the end of the game, I'm very proud of TJ. What, what I'm proud, and, and I'll talk about Bo here, what I'm proud um, of TJ for doing is having himself ready. And that's one thing as a backup quarterback, 
Um, you get yourself ready every single week like you're the starter, and sometimes you don't play, and you got to do it again. So it's it's there's a mental toughness to playing quarterback and being a backup because you never know when your time's coming, and you have to be ready. And sometimes maybe it's three or four games, you haven't played much, you haven't really had some significant playing time, so maybe I'm not going to do as much this week as I did the week before. Maybe I'm not going to get in. And so you just start to slack on some of that preparation and he didn't do that I thought he was ready and he came in the game he was he was poised um, plenty of things for TJ to work on as well and I think he'll be the first to admit that we got to get better in these areas and, and that's the beauty of going back to work uh, and getting yourself uh, better prepared and, and playing better so you got to perform in practice at the quarterback position to do that so he he had himself ready to go well that would be no different you always need to prepare like you're the starter um, Bo in the game, I made the change. I said that. Uh, I made that change. And, um, you know, he wants to be out there. That's the thing I love about Bo. Bo's a hard worker. He's a competitor, and he's that way all the time. It never changes. He's always been driven like that. And I fully expect that he's going to get himself ready and have a great week of practice and then take what we learned in the last game, apply it to this game. And um, so both those guys, you know, they need to be ready to go. Uh, both those guys get the majority of the reps anyhow throughout the week. Uh, they all get different scenarios. You know, we, we have those guys mixing and matching with the starters throughout practice already. And, you know, we'll go into Tuesday and, and we'll see how they operate and we'll see how we're operating as an offense. And, and really that position is extremely important, but everybody on the offensive side knows that we need to find ways to put the ball in the end zone. I mean, we're there to score. That's the goal of the offense is to score touchdowns. And we, we move the ball, and we're kicking field goals. We have got to score. And it's been a while since we've scored some touchdowns um, like we want to. Uh, we're not consistent enough in that area uh, from the last couple games. And so that's a major focus. Like, we have got to practice uh, with that mentality that when you get down in the red zone, you know, you're smelling blood. You want to get in the end zone. You want to score touchdowns. That's that's what you do on the offensive side, and that's really the goal we have every single drive. So uh, both those guys will be ready to go. Both those guys will prepare. Um, both those guys uh, did a great job on Sunday. They came out. They worked hard. They were focused. And Was like there I said, a, a tipping point for, for, for you in making the change with, with, with Cornelius Williams, and, and have you ever made a change four games into a season on, on your coaching staff? Uh, have you ever you ever had to go through something like that? And is, was there a tipping point? Was there something that said, okay, I've got to do this? Um, I, I wouldn't say a tipping point, but there was obviously a decision made that I, I felt like that was what we needed. And no, I haven't done that. Um, and it's not ideal. I understand that. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't take that lightly. It's, you know, it impacts a lot of things. And so uh, I'm aware of that. And, and like I said, it was just, you know, what I felt like, um, you know, we needed to do over time that just uh, was going to be something that, you know, I feel like can help us as we move forward um, in that room and in that, uh, at that position. And then obviously for the future is, you know, we continue to, to keep building this program. And so, um, you know, what I think is, uh, you know, Coach Keesaw has, has got a lot of knowledge and, and has done a very good job at that position. I've got a chance to see it, but no, there was there was no there's no incident. There's there's nothing like that. There's nothing that um, 
you know, like I said, um, Coach Williams, um, I got a lot of respect for him, and he did a very good job for us while he was here uh, of showing up and working hard and, and doing those type of things. But I felt like, you know, in order for us to, to continue to progress like I feel like we need to, um, that change needed to be made, and, and it needed to be made now. And, and so I made that decision. And so, um, but I also understand that, you know, for coaches and players, you know, you have relationships with guys that are on your staff or on your team. And when, when people are no longer a part of your program, that's not easy. Um, and, you know, I, what we have to do now is you know, the decision was made. We got to move forward and we have to now give ourselves the best opportunity uh, with the people in place to, to go out there and, and play really good football and be a team that can go in and compete and and be a type of team that can play for championships. Those are the things that we all want to do. And so I felt like that was the right decision for us moving forward. Brian, I know this is your first time coaching at LSU, but maybe in a series, maybe in this series more than any other, games tend to go unusual, strange, odd ways. Uh, how do you prepare your team for that, especially going down to Baton Rouge and eight o'clock start with those fans and uh, you know, whether it's going to be a fire or missed field goals or interceptions and stuff like that. Uh, how are you going to handle that and, you know, prepare your team for, you know, something that might be crazy going on? Did you say there might be a fire? Is that what you said? Well, there was a fire back in uh, 96 in uh, Auburn. Outside of the stadium. God, I, I don't, hell, I don't know on that one. Um, uh, I don't have a stage of fire. But I need to get some history on that. I've, I've gotten a lot of, of, of stories from people that have been a part of this program and, and in this game. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be all those things that we kind of talked about a few weeks ago. It's going to be all that and then some. Um, I don't know all the, the weird stuff that you're talking about necessarily, but I, I do know where you're coming from. And um, 8 o'clock game, be ready to play. It's later than what we played, so that part of it, we need to make sure as the day goes on, that's that's part of Saturdays. You get to kind of lay around and do your walkthroughs. And, you know, after a while, it's let's get ready to play. And so, you know, guys have to have that frame of mind. We're focused. We're not tight. And when it's time to start getting prepared, we get to that pregame meal, you really, really lock yourself in so that you have yourself ready to play. And, um, you know, all those things, what you're saying, I mean, I don't know what's going to come up, but we just got to respond to whatever happens, that's what we can control. We can work on some of the negative things or some of the distractions or, or you know, I'm not saying a fire, but but uh, certainly some of the other stuff that may come up in the game that we can have ourselves prepared for. And I think a lot of that, that that's just a lot of your mentality. A lot of that is is that discipline that you have through the week to stay focused on what's important and then you know, have that mindset. Like, there's going to be some bad things. There's going to be, I don't know, we talked about it before, the plane, the, the hotel, the bus, whatever it is, it, it's not all perfect. It doesn't go exactly how you want it to. Good. Take that as, uh, you know, and kind of just take that adversity and feed off of it. Um, and when you go on the road, I think that's something that you should expect when you go on the road. There's going to be adversity. So, good. What do we do now? This gives us another opportunity to challenge ourselves in a different way, not even on the field with some of that stuff, in a different way where we have to overcome it. Some, some people really like that. 
Um, some people don't. Uh, if you're going to be a good football team and, and win your games on the road, you better learn to like that. You better learn to to be able to handle those things. And when something goes bad, good. Let's make sure that we're we're going to handle it properly, and, and uh, every single one of us does that. Hey, Brian, uh, listen, some of us were down at LSU in 2001. I got, we got mooned by Santa Claus. So, I mean, there's been some crazy things that have happened oh, down there, I'm said, telling you. Yeah, you know what? I got, I got mooned by Santa Claus. I mean, Jason did too. So, I mean, that happened. Okay. All right. I'm just telling you, you got to prepare for anything. Listen, I do have a but question, though. <laughs> I do what, have a question. What the game? I, I'm sorry. I can't hear you. What, what day was the game? That was the year that it got delayed due to 9-11, so it was like December 10th or something like that. It was uh, So right around Santa Claus time. I guess that's why he was there. Yeah. I don't think that was actually him, though. It may have been a proxy. Yeah, it seemed Uh, a little early. Yeah, I love it. All right, Jade. So, hey, even the SEC is getting some some emotion out of Coach Harson, this LSU football game. So we all know all the strange things that can happen. I think back to – what was it, 2017, the year Auburn won the, the West, and they had a, I think it was 24-3 to or 24-6, something like mm-hmm. that. They were beating LSU in Baton Rouge, and then there was a punt return, and things just steamrolled on them. So, man, this is a game. Coach Harson may not know it yet, but your team could have a big lead, and it's never safe in Death Valley when Auburn comes to town. So uh, it just feels like we're going to get some – midnight shenanigans in this ball game and hey i can't wait for it you know what golly mike i've slept since then so that 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 was a barn i think that caught on fire right was that in auburn that was in auburn though what i think that's that was the auburn one yeah so yeah i think that just the point being that you just never know what in the hell is going to come up when auburn and lsu (laughs) play at a football game you know what dude and that was a crazy game i remember that 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 was on our countdown if I'm not mistaken, that Cadillac was on there and had a long run or something. But <laughs> I do remember it being a hell of a game. So if you ever get a chance, it's it's wild. You you don't think about it, but you could see that fire over there and people looking over to the back. It was wild. So who needs fireworks and, and when ma- you got a literal fire? You know what? Yeah, you talk about you talk about a barn burner, Mike. You know <laughs> that's what that's what this was. So uh, I and and don't be surprised if we don't get it again. So um, these teams, both of them, they need to wake up. This is this is a I think a mental check. This is this is what kind of team are you? Are you are you here to play? Is is Auburn actually going to compete in the West? I mean, you went up there. Yes, you lost a sad game to Penn State, and you brought that baggage with you and played Georgia State with it. Okay, you may get a new quarterback out of the situation, which may help you win more victories. But you got to come out and show us that you belong. And then the LSU, it's like this is the team, Mike, that that people like you were were saying, hey, that they have a shot to compete in the West. This is a team that could potentially beat Alabama mm-hmm. because of their talent. And it just feels like they just haven't woke up yet. And you're watching last week in this. Oh, that soft defense. I mean, golly, I hated that. I, I hate it to my core, Mike. LSU <laughs> doesn't play defense like that. Yeah, I, I understand maybe that was the game plan with Mississippi State, but I miss the defense of, of old, man, with the linebackers coming back, blitzing, sacking, no problem running the ball. You think of guys, you think of Leonard Fournette, you think of all the greats that come through there. Yes, I know that they had fun with Joe Burrow, but that ship has sailed. We don't have that structured team anymore. We need to get 
some we need to get some ground game going and uh, I, I it just feels like this is a wake-up call for these teams so I, I'm I, this is is this I don't know is this game a week for us what are, what are we doing is anybody down here for this thing they should be because I think it's going to be a, a hell of a matchup yeah and I promise you one thing Shane if LSU's defense does not bring the toughness and physicality in this one good luck brother because Tank will rip you a new yeah. one you know what so it's <laughs> yeah. it's literally going to come down to that absolutely man all right buddy well hey that's all uh i've got lined up for the show you got anything else before we hop off the line oh no mike you got me all fired up i'll tell you that's <laughs> that's a beautiful thing about this podcast you know it, it, you may have had a fantastic weekend and you're telling all your friends about it but you got to remember there's a lot of us out there that didn't <laughs> and so you have like i said at the beginning of the show you're avoiding your social media you may even not even listen to the podcast yesterday or the day before you know i've been there man i get it but what I like about it, Mike, there's always next week. And this week, we create a new story. Uh, there may be some more upsets. Who knows? We don't know what's going to happen. And uh, that's what we. That's why we love this game. That's why we love college football. So uh, plenty of heart attacks last week. We don't want to have that this weekend. But I, I'm telling you, I'm looking at these matchups and these schedules. I, it's going to be tough to predict scores from some of these <laughs> games because I think they're going to be that damn tight. Absolutely, Shane. I cannot wait to see after what last weekend brought us. Cannot wait <laughs> to see who what uh, happens this weekend with all these huge matchups we got across the SEC. Absolutely. But that's going to do it. I appreciate you, brother, joining the show. I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols. I'm going to have to go get some more beer, man. Like, just load up for the weekend. <laughs>